MSW Media. Welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, August 24th, 2023. Today, a new investigation by the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington reveals emails between Oath Keepers and the Secret Service. A new Jack Smith filing says Tavares, that's the Mar-a-Lago IT guy, flipped after getting rid of his Trump-funded lawyer. Kenneth Cheesebro has filed for a speedy trial in Fulton County. And head of the Wagner Group and the Internet Research Agency, Evgeny Prigozhin, has died in a plane crash traveling from Moscow to St. Petersburg. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody, it's AG. I'm solo today because my flight home from Denver was delayed. I was at the podcast movement. And speaking of Denver, I had a wonderful time meeting up with all the patrons who made it out to the brewery to meet me. Such a wonderful group, wonderful conversation. If you want ad-free episodes and information on meetups when I'm in your town, or if you simply want to support independent media, you can do so at patreon.com slash wrote. And we have all kinds of gifts for our supporters as well. And as soon as we get Trump's mugshot, you know I'll be putting it on a mug along with the Jack podcast and the Daily Beans logo. And you'll be able to get that mug uh, if you sign up at a specific level. Uh, I'll let you know when this happens. And you'll get both shows, Jack and the Daily Beans, ad-free and early. I've also been asked for some cleanup on aisle 45 merch, so we'll get that going as well. Y'all are really, truly awesome. Thank you so much. Also, holy cow, Evgeny Prigozhin died in a plane crash on his way from Moscow to St. Petersburg today. You'll remember Prigozhin as Putin's chef, also known as Putin's caterer. He led the Wagner Group, that mercenary group in Russia, and eventually turned on Putin in a coup attempt. But before he could get to Moscow and within 24 hours of the beginning of it, he thought better of it. And then I guess Putin was like, it's over. And he, he was either exiled to, to Belarus or, or he left for Belarus. But anyway, uh, he's also the head of Concord Management. That's one of the indicted entities in the Mueller probe for running the Internet Research Agency. That's a Russia troll farm. They interfered in the 2016 election. Prigozhin himself was also indicted by Bob Mueller. Now, certainly no one was surprised that he'd meet his end after surrendering to Putin after the coup attempt. But blowing a plane out of the sky is a pretty overt way to retaliate. Uh, must be just sending a message, uh, I suppose. But uh, anyway, that happened today. Quite shocking. Now, this all came out from TASS, a Russian news agency, but then a couple of other Russian officials confirmed it. Uh, I will continue to update you on, I guess, the veracity of this information and this reporting. Uh, but again, doesn't come as a surprise to me. All right, we have a lot to get to. It's a very special episode of The Bean. Since I'm here by myself, I wanted to go through some very lengthy, but also very interesting and almost comical filings that we got in the Jack Smith probe. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up, I want to talk about a recent filing in the Mar-a-Lago espionage and obstruction case against Trump and Nauta and De Oliveira. But I wanted to do it here on the beans so I could take some extra time with it because there's a lot that the mainstream media is leaving out. You may have seen the headlines that, you know, Mar-a-Lago IT employee flipped after firing Trump-funded lawyer. But there's so much more to it than that. There's a lot of context here that I think is important to explain. 
Uh, and this wasn't just a filing that Jack Smith made for no reason. It was just a pleading. The Department of Justice filed a motion last week for what's called a Garcia hearing. That's a conflict of interest hearing. Uh, when you have a conflict of interest with legal representation. In this case, Department of Justice was responding to Judge Eileen Cannon and Stanley Woodward. A little background in the case, if you're a new listener, Judge Eileen Cannon is a Trump-appointed judge who embarrassed herself in this case last fall when she granted Trump's motion, pre-indictment motion, to appoint a special master to review materials seized by the FBI during the Mar-a-Lago search warrant execution. That's just among other things, but that was the main thing. Her rulings were appealed to the conservative 11th Circuit, who agreed with the Department of Justice and ordered her to vacate her rulings. And Stanley Woodward is a lawyer paid for by the Trump Save America PAC, who currently represents eight witnesses in the Mar-a-Lago case, including Walt Nauda and the IT guy named Tavares. That's his name. Now, recently, after a hearing during which Woodward complained about the fact that there were two grand juries in two jurisdictions, that's D.C. and Florida, Miami, Cannon asked the DOJ uh, in a ruling to explain the multiple jurisdictions. And also in that ruling, she urged Woodward to oppose the Department of Justice's motion for a conflict of interest hearing, a Garcia hearing. The DOJ said, cool, we'll respond to those concerns, but we'd like to do so under seal. So they filed a motion to file this response under seal, and they filed that motion under seal. Two motions under seal with this filing, and Judge Cannon denied them both. So Jack Smith said, fine, mofo, you want me to file this shit on the public docket? Let's fucking go. Let's do this. And that's what he did. So all that context is missing in the mainstream media, but it's important because Department of Justice wanted to file this all under seal to protect Donald and Nauda and De Oliveira. But because Trump judge Eileen Cannon refused their request, DOJ called her bluff and said, fine, fuck it, here we go. And he could have just made a simple filing and said, oh, well, D.C. is an appropriate venue because one of the witnesses lied to the D.C. grand jury and we investigated that crime in D.C. where that crime took place. But no, Jack Smith took this opportunity to spell out everything that happened. Here's what it says. During these investigations, the government gathered evidence that Trump employee Carlos de Oliveira tried to enlist the director of IT for Mar-a-Lago, identified in the superseding indictment as Trump employee four, that's Tavares, to delete Mar-a-Lago security footage after the grand jury in D.C. had issued a subpoena for the footage. As set forth in the government's motion for a Garcia hearing before Tavares's appearance before the grand jury in D.C., the government informed Woodward, Stanley Woodward, that his concurrent representation of both Tavares and Nauta raised a potential conflict of interest. And Mr. Woodward responded that he did not have a reason to believe that his concurrent representation of Tavares and Nauta raised a conflict of interest. He disagreed. When Tavares testified before the grand jury in D.C. in March of this year, this is Tavares, he repeatedly denied or claimed not to recall any contacts or conversations about security footage at Mar-a-Lago. In testimony before that same grand jury, De Oliveira likewise denied any contact with Tavares regarding security footage. The government's evidence indicated that testimony by Tavares and De Oliveira was false. On June 8, 2023, a grand jury in this district returned a 38-count indictment that charged Trump with unlawful retention of national defense information and charged Trump and Nauta with obstruction of justice. 
The indictment did not name De Oliveira as a defendant or contain charges regarding the efforts to delete security footage. The government thereafter continued to investigate the false statements by Tavares and De Oliveira in D.C. A couple weeks later, June 29th, and then a little bit later on July 11th, the grand jury issued two subpoenas for footage from three security cameras at Mar-a-Lago that related directly to De Oliveira's solicitation of Tavares to delete security footage, as well as the false denials of the same by both witnesses. In addition, on June 20th, the government advised Tavares through Mr. Woodward, by the way, not directly, but through his attorney, that he was the target of a grand jury investigation in D.C. for perjury. Title 18, U.S. Code Section 1623. Tavares's criminal exposure, identified in the target letter, was entirely due to his false sworn denial before the grand jury in D.C. that he had information about obstructive acts that would implicate Nauda and others. The target letter to Tavares crystallized a conflict of interest arising from Mr. Woodward's concurrent representation of Tavares and Walt Nauda. Advising Tavares to correct his sworn testimony would result in testimony incriminating Mr. Woodward's other client, Mr. Nauda. But permitting Tavares's false testimony to stand uncorrected would leave Tavares exposed to criminal charges for perjury. So what Jack Smith is saying is you can't represent them both. One of them is going to be fucked over by the other. And how are you going to choose? That's a conflict of interest. Moreover, he continues, an attorney for Trump had put Tavares in contact with Mr. Woodward, and his fees were being paid by Trump's political action committee. Explaining that potential conflicts can be further heightened by the financial dynamics of the joint representation, where, for example, a client did not independently select their own attorney, but instead had the attorney pre-selected for them by the attorney to the person who is the central focus of the grand jury proceedings, unquote. So not only was Stanley Woodward representing two people who he shouldn't have been representing at the same time, but Tavares didn't pick his own lawyer. Woodward was selected for him by another Trump attorney. On June 27, 2023, consistent with its responsibility to promptly notify the courts of potential conflicts of interest, and given the prospective charges Tavares faced in D.C., the government filed a motion for a conflicts hearing, a Garcia hearing, with the chief judge in D.C., Judge Bosberg, who presides over grand jury matters. The government notified the court down in Florida on the same day by sealed notice of the filing in D.C. So you've known for quite a while, since June. And Mr. Woodward raised no objection to the proceeding in D.C. back then. So why now? In fact, he responded that he welcomed the court's inquiry into his representation of Tavares, but asserted that he had no information to support the DOJ's claim that Tavares had lied, and that even if Tavares lied, then could expose himself to criminal charges, he has other recourses besides reaching a plea bargain with the government. So in Woodward's recent filing here, the one where Cannon said, yeah, I agree with Woodward, we need to find out why you have two different grand juries going. Well, back in June, Jack Smith notified Judge Eileen Cannon and Stanley Woodward that they were doing a Garcia hearing up in D.C. because he was representing Tavares and Nauda. And they didn't object then. 
but they're objecting now. A little fishy. He goes on to say, namely, he can go to trial with the presumption of innocence and fight these charges against him. According to Mr. Woodward, if Tavares, quote, wishes to become a cooperating government witness, he's already been advised he can do so at any time, unquote. Yeah, with like a wink wink behind it. Chief Judge Bosberg made available independent counsel, the first assistant in the Federal Public Defender's Office for the District of Columbia. The chief judge made that public defender available to provide advice to Tavares regarding potential conflicts. And on July 5th, Tavares informed Chief Judge Bosberg that he no longer wished to be represented by Mr. Woodward and that going forward, he wanted to be represented by the public defender. Immediately after receiving new counsel, Tavares retracted his prior false testimony and provided information that implicated Walt Nauta, De Oliveira, and Trump in efforts to delete security camera footage as set forth in the superseding indictment. The government anticipates calling Tavares as a trial witness and expects he'll testify to conduct alleged in the superseding indictment regarding efforts to delete security footage. Tavares will very likely face cross-examination about his prior inconsistent statements in his grand jury testimony, which occurred while Mr. Woodward represented him and which he disavowed immediately after obtaining new counsel. The government's decision to ultimately bring charges in the Southern District of Florida and not the District of Columbia does not call into question either grand jury's investigation. The government notes that the grand jury in D.C. completed its term August 17th, 2023. That's last week. I wonder if they were investigating potential obstruction by Stanley Woodward. I'm sure we'll soon know. Now, Jack Smith could have just, like I said, could have just said, hey, one of the defendants lied to the grand jury in D.C., and since that crime took place in D.C., it's appropriate to investigate it in D.C. But instead, Jack Smith gave all kinds of details about what went down in that situation, details Trump would have probably preferred not be made public because his co-defendant, Nauda, will be able to see what happened here. So will De Oliveira. Jack Smith also mentioned quite deliberately that Woodward is being paid for by Donald Trump and that Tavares didn't select Woodward as an attorney. He was given to him. And all of that could have been filed under seal. But Judge Cannon, in her haste to assist Trump and Stanley Woodward, shoved her own foot up her ass on this one, because now De Oliveira knows that maybe his Trump-paid lawyer, a guy named John Irving, who also we have a Garcia filing for, maybe he's doing him dirty, right? Maybe De Oliveira's like, fuck. Is he giving me the best advice? Look what happened to Tavares. And now everyone knows that Jack Smith thinks the fact that Trump is paying for lawyers is relevant to this case. He wouldn't have mentioned it if it weren't relevant. And imagine in court when Trump's lawyers try to discredit or impeach Tavares as a witness by saying he lied to the grand jury and changed his story. So he's not a reliable witness. But prosecutors will be able to say, yeah, he only lied when he was repped by your lawyer, paid by your pack. And the minute he got a new lawyer, he told the truth. That is powerful if you're sitting there in a jury box. Now, further, Jack Smith was able to reveal that reasonable judges grant Garcia hearings, conflict of interest hearings, just as Bozberg did for Tavares in D.C. So now if she denies the Garcia hearing down in Miami, even after they were notified, both of them, Cannon and Woodward were notified about this Garcia hearing back in June. 
If they deny it now, it'll that'll look really bad. And they'll have something, the DOJ will have something appealable to take to the 11th Circuit. And the, we wouldn't have otherwise known about this Bosberg decision if Jack Smith had been able to file these under seal, which he initially wanted to do and Judge Cannon denied. Now, she has yet to rule on these two motions for Garcia hearings. Like I said, one for Stanley Woodward, who can't possibly cross-examine his former client Tavares at trial, and one for John Irving, who represents three witnesses in the case, including Day Oliveira, who, by the way, again, has to be seriously thinking about ditching his trump back lawyer now that Judge Cannon forced Jack Smith to tell this story to the public about Woodward and Tavares. I mean, imagine being Day Oliveira right now. You're indicted, you're broke, you're arraigned, you're facing 20 years, maybe more in prison. You're trying to stay loyal to Trump. Then you learn your buddy Tavares got a public defender and came clean and is free as a fucking bird. That's got to make you question whether your Trump-funded lawyer is doing you dirty. Same with Walt Nauda. And especially Walt Nauda, because he's repped by Woodward. What was Woodward telling Tavares that made him lie to the grand jury and then stop lying to the grand jury the minute he got rid of Woodward. How come when Tavares got rid of Woodward, he came clean, right? It seems clear to me that Woodward was not giving him the best legal advice in his client's best interest. He was giving him advice in Donald Trump's best interest because it was clearly in his best interest to tell the truth from the jump because he's not indicted. And what's worse is that Nauta lied, then told the truth. He lied about moving boxes, then told the truth when confronted with video evidence and said Trump directed him to move the boxes, then shut down again and lied about conspiring to delete the surveillance footage. He has got to be thinking Woodward's been giving him shit advice. He absolutely has to be thinking about cooperating at this point, especially after reading this filing that Judge Cannon forced Smith to file publicly. It's simply stunning. And I'll be talking about this with Andy on this weekend's Jack podcast, but I really wanted to spend the time necessary to go over this in depth and give you the details and the context in preparation for that discussion on the Jack podcast this weekend. The context and details from these filings are just too important here. All right, next up, crew, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, have obtained emails sent by members of the United States Secret Service and Oath Keepers in the weeks leading up to the insurrection. In September 2020, a Secret Service agent sent an email to others within the Secret Service, informing them he had just spoken to Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes about an upcoming visit by Trump to Fayetteville, North Carolina. This Secret Service agent, who referred to himself as the unofficial liaison to the Oath Keepers but inching towards official, unquote, described the Oath Keepers as primarily retired law enforcement, former military members who are very pro-law enforcement and pro-Trump. Their stated purpose is to provide protection and medical assistance to Trump supporters if they come under attack by leftist groups. He went on to say that Stuart Rhodes, quote, had specific questions and wanted to liaise with our personnel and shared Stuart Rhodes's cell phone number with people in the Secret Service. Just absolutely stunning considering all the Secret Service text messages that were just deleted, missing from software updates, or just because it was time to delete them, they, they were old enough. Also, the ongoing investigation of the Secret Service Inspector General Kufari, who has repeatedly lied to Congress about the disposition of those text messages. There's a massive cover-up here, but I do have some good news. You'll recall in a recent filing from Jack Smith's office, special counsel has 3.1 million Secret Service emails as part of discovery in his case against Donald Trump for trying to overturn the 2020 election. 
these emails with Oath Keepers would be among the ones Jack Smith has. These ones that Crew has, Jack Smith ha has them. As well as any communications about missing text messages, probably. Yeah, I feel better knowing Jack Smith has all their emails, and I hope we learn what happened with Secret Service in the weeks leading up to January 6th. Learn the name Kufari if you don't already know it. That's the Secret Service Inspector General, who, by the way, hid the fact that the text messages were missing from Congress and the January 6th Select Committee for almost exactly 18 months, just like 18 months and a day after January 6th, which is how long Secret Service would have been required to retain those text messages. That guy is dirty as fuck. I hope we learn just how dirty. And say cheese, bro. We got mugshots today for Kenneth Cheesebro and several other indicted co-conspirators that surrendered in Fulton County. A noteworthy story I'll discuss with Pete Strzok in depth on the next cleanup on Aisle 45 is that Cheesebro has filed a motion for a speedy trial in Georgia. That's interesting for a few reasons. Uh, this is from Tamara Hallerman at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Lawyers for Kenneth Cheesebro Wednesday filed a motion demanding a speedy trial in the sweeping election interference racketeering prosecution of Trump and his allies. The aggressive filing from Cheesebro, the legal equivalent of throwing a bomb into the case, could create a massive headache for Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis and attorneys for the other 18 defendants in the case. It could force Willis to try Cheesebro by the end of December and scuttle her plans to prosecute all 19 defendants together. So I'm going to talk this over with Pete Strzok on next week's cleanup on All 45, along with the fact that a federal judge, Judge Jones, this is the judge that would probably get the case if anybody tried to move their shit out of state court in Georgia to federal court. This federal judge has denied both Mark Meadows and Jeff Clark's motions for emergency relief, asking for an extension to self-surrender this Friday. Meadows saying, literally, I'm above the law. I shouldn't have to be there Friday. I have a hearing about my disposition in this case on Monday. They, they both have hearings Monday the 28th to determine, because, uh, you know, they filed to move their cases out, out of state court to federal court. That hearing is on Monday. And he's like, I shouldn't have to be arrested before then. Well, the judge both denied both of those. Nope, sorry, you got to turn yourself in by noon tomorrow. So eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking, get down there as fast as you can, fellas, because you got to get your mugshot taken and be arrested. All right, everybody, we'll be right back. Uh, I have a lot of good news that I have to get to. If you have any good news to send us, send it at dailybeanspod.com. Just click on contact. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you just want to tell me a story. What's going on in your life? Brag about yourself. Brag about a loved one. Give a shout out to a small business in your area. Send me your pod pet tax as well. And if you don't have a pod pet, you can send us an adoptable pet in your area and we'll see if we can help uh, find a home, a forever home for that pet. If you have a story about a blankie you've had since you were a kid or a whoopee or a stuffy, I love those stories so much. If you have baby pictures, frog orgies, anything and everything under the sun, fun memes, whatever it is, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. First up from Pam H, pronoun she and her. Hi, Beans Queens. 
I was listening to your podcast on a walk. And as soon as I got home, you literally said, if you're just getting home from listening to this on a walk, make a good news submission. So I am. (laughs) I knew it. I knew you were, Pam. I knew you were out walking. Uh, I've been a floral designer for many years. The world always needs more flowers. And I recently found a passion for pressing flowers and turning them into art so they can last a long time. It has only been a hobby until recently when a woman I've never met saw one of my pieces when I was dropping it off to be photographed and she fell in love with it. She asked if she could buy a print. I was so surprised because I never thought of myself as an artist. Uh, It was such a compliment that I said yes, not having any prints yet or knowing how much to charge her. I did get prints made and sold my first one, and now I'm considering putting my art out into the world for others. I love that flowers make people happy, and we all know the world needs more of them and more happiness. I'm sharing a picture of the piece I sold. Have a wonderful day and keep up the good work. You're so appreciated. Pam, yes, people will buy the shit out of this. This is gorgeous. I love the fern, and the, and this is a print based on real pressed flowers and plants. That is brilliant. It's incredible how many things happen to us by accident, you know? Like, I never thought of myself as an artist. Yeah, I never thought of myself as a podcaster. And when I was a musician, I never thought of myself as a comedian. Other people had to point it out to me. And so I tried it. And here we are. These are beautiful. I look forward to you sending us a a link to your Etsy shop when it's up and running, because I think a lot of people are going to want these. All right, next up from Eric, pronouns he and him. I'm a middle school math teacher in California who spent all of the 2020 and 2021 school years teaching virtually from home alone. The experience severely impacted my mental health and revealed how much value I gained by connecting with other educators. So in the summer of 22, I created a blog, Easy Math Blog, that's the letter E, the letter Z, mathblog.com, to share what I've learned over 20 years of teaching and try to help other teachers new and veteran alike. While I don't get many visitors to my site, I'm proud of what I created and hope I add value to the lives of other teachers out there. Us middle school educators are a weird bunch and we need all the help we can get. (laughs) Well, middle school kids are a weird bunch too, Eric. For pod pet tax, please accept these photos of my adopted cat, Puck. I adopted him the day after my virtual school year ended in the summer of 21 at the local animal shelter and he literally saved my life. Eric, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. That was a tough year for everybody. And I love that you've created a blog for best practices to help others because it helps people feel not alone, right? We go from learning to teaching. I mean, I know you're a teacher. You were always teaching, but you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, let's take a look. Oh, the kitty. Oh, that's so interesting because he's almost like a tabby on the head, but like a like a moo cow spotty cat on the back. Beautiful kitten with the black nose and the black eyeliner. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to see more photos of this baby, Eric. Oh, there. And I spoke too soon. Scroll a little bit and you get the adult version. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sending these in. And there's the belly. Is the belly a trap? I need to know because I want to rub the belly. And the black toe beans. Oh my goodness. What a very beautiful kitty. Thanks for sending that in. And thanks for teaching for so long. It's incredible. Next up, Lisa, she, they. I'm co-teaching comprehensive sex ed for seventh through ninth grade this fall at my very small Unitarian Universalist congregation. We were hoping for a class of three kids. Sunday was our first class and eight kids showed up. So excited to teach these kids about healthy sexuality and consent. For pod pet tax, meet my senior boy, Archie Leash, (laughs) named for his Cary Grant eyes. 
This pic shows his moods expressed by his ear positions. Thanks for always finding the joy and the swears in the news for us. And Lisa, for some reason, your kitty cat picture did not get uploaded here. So we will see what happened because I want to see Archie Leash. All right, next up, Sean, pronouns he and him. Good morning. Our family has a small herd of Dexter cattle. The calves get named and we have a theme each calving season. This fall, the family has decided to use cereal as the name inspiration. So far, we have two calves with two more expected any day. Lucky is in the photo. He's a bottle calf as her mother had delivery complications. Her cousin, Captain, was born last night. I get it. Captain Crunch and Lucky Charms. As a challenge, how big do you think these two were at birth? Okay, let's see. Are you talking about how much did they weigh? I'm going to say when they were born... Let's see. Does, did you say when they were born? So far we have two calves. No, you didn't say when they were born. I'll say, let's see. There's a full-size cow with the baby. It looks like it's probably... I'm going to say 25, 25 pounds. Let's see. Going down, going down. Dexter calf shows up between 25 and 30 pounds. What? What? Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I get excited when I guess random shit, right? That's so funny. Based on nothing, you know, like usually when I make guesses about politics or who's going to be indicted, it's based on like 16 different things and facts and things that have happened. And now I'm just like, how much does the cow weigh? And I get it right. That's an extra cool feeling. I like it. Uneducated guesses. Next up, Lisa, pronouns she and her. Hi, AG, DG, and team. I'm another Leguminati member from Australia. I love Australia, so I need to get down there. My good news is that since following your podcast, I've cut down on my cable consumption because you bring the news that I was keen to hear without the unnecessary crap. <laughs> Thank you. That's the goal. I am down to max two hours most days after a peak of six during the Orange Menace's reign. I feel like I have so much more balance in my life and look forward to each afternoon to hearing your voices. Pet pod tax is my pupper, Beverly. She loves wearing satin PJs and will wear them whenever she gets the chance. Over here, she's called a cavoodle, which I think is a nicer name than a cavapoo. Ah, cavoodle. I like it. Thanks for everything you do. I thoroughly love all the podcasts with special mention to Pete with his swearing jacket. <laughs> I'm glad you were there. Look at this baby. Oh, I love the silk jammies. Oh, and doing some work on the computer and expecting a phone call. <laughs> cavoodle. Very adorable. Thank you so much for sending that in. Uh, next up from Anonymous, and this is our final submission. No pronouns, misheard song lyrics. While I was shopping for clothes, a classic 90s song came on the radio. King of wishful thinking. I wasn't paying it much attention until I heard a rather surprising line. I'll get over you. I know I will. I'll pretend my shit's not stinking. And I'll tell myself I'm over you because I'm the king of wishful thinking. I tried listening again and heard the same thing. Surely that's not right. When I finally Googled at home, I saw that the line actually is, I'll pretend my ship's not sinking. Yeah, I was going to say anonymous. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Thanks for all you ladies do. You collect all the news I need to ease my Trump arraignment syndrome. Ah, yes, instead of Trump derangement syndrome. I love it. We all have Trump arraignment syndrome today with what's going on down in Fulton County. Um, he will be arraigned actually tomorrow as I record this, but today, right now, today, probably is being arraigned. I'm going to be on a plane to DC, going to uh, going to hang out with my buddy, Glenn Kirshner, probably run into all my Capitol Police officer friends, meeting up with some congressional press secretaries and stuff. It's going to be a blast. Um, and uh, I will be back in your ears tomorrow because I will, I'm getting up at the crack of dawn to get there. So I'll have plenty of time 
to record the beans and the bonus cleanup episode with Pete. And again, if you like Rants by Pete and you're not a patron yet, the one, the public episode that's out right now, there's a really good one at the end. I think you'll be, I think you'll be impressed. You'll get a little taste of what our bonus episodes sound like on the weekends. Uh, And then of course we'll be recording Jack and that'll come out on Sunday. So I will be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.